Hello and welcome to the Turnstiles podcast as we take an in-depth look at the lower leagues of Scottish football. Joined as always by James. All right. And Muzz. Yep. How's it going? Very well, thank you. Muzz, you finished your warm-up. We explained to the viewers you were still limbering up, which is why you missed the <laughs> championship episode this week. Yeah, you wait till you see the warm down. We'll have to do when we finish these next two. <laughs> Aye, so so as I said in the championship one, we're reverting back to the original formula because it's what the fans are demanding. Uh, one episode per division, championship, league one, league two. Um, review of the fixtures at the weekend gone, preview of the fixtures of the weekend coming up. Before we get into it, um, as always, I'll ask you if you could like the video and subscribe to the channel if you're watching on YouTube, that would help us massively. Uh, any comments, feedback, or thoughts, let us know in the comments if you're on YouTube or on Twitter at Turnstiles. We've got a nice re- um, recommendation from another football podcast this week as one of the best lower league podcasts to listen to in Scotland. So we'll take that and move on. But a bit of love on Twitter never goes amiss, to be fair. Um, Maz, an interesting set of results at the um, at League One level last weekend. A couple of teams throwing away points. Yep, yeah, uh, I think Cove will be a bit disappointed getting a red card um, in the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, Montrose and nil-nil as well, yeah. Yeah, nil-nil. Montrose are going to be gutted. Airdrie are going to be gutted. Um, aye, a few, a few stuttering starts to, to the league, but um, it's, it, like I probably said last week, it, I think it paves the way for what the, the division is going to be like this year and what it's been like the last couple of years, to be fair, where uh, points, points are going... Oh, wall everywhere, you know. Aye, um, absolutely. I think um, looking at my predictions table, three of my top five are actually in the bottom half. I know we're only two <laughs> games in, but it's a bit like. Um, I think and, like um, when you look at the teams at the bottom, you know, you're looking at Airdrie and Cove, and you're thinking that they'll be frustrated at losing points, but then, you know, they're down there together. Um, Aloe are, are, are down mid-table mm-hmm. um, I know like you say it's early doors look at the teams that you know Dumbarton are top in the league along with Montrose yeah. Queen's Park the, the, the kind of saving graces for all the, the big teams uh, quotation marks that you know they're cancelling each other out at the moment um, It's interesting isn't it that James in the championship you've got a couple of teams have won both games I'm sure Partick well, I know Partick have I think Cali Fissel have from memory as well in League Two, you've got the likes of Kelty have won both games. I'm sure Forfar have again from off the top of my head. Two games in, and then in League One, and nobody's done it. Yeah, I think this is going to be probably the most competitive league. Uh, I don't think there's an out and out winner in the Championship, but I could see that spreading a wee bit more. But I think League One this season is going to be a bit more ruthless, where, mm-hmm. like we've seen already, teams will just take points from whoever's in front of them, whether we expect it or not. So it'll be really interesting what to follow across the course of the season because, well, everyone's picked up at least that point just looking at the table just now. So no one's uh, like no one's opening up a gap at the bottom and you've just mentioned no one's opening up a gap at the top. Like we're not looking at the difference between one and ten being six points already. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're, uh, we've got a fair spread going on. I'd like to say that my predictions this week were absolutely honking. Um I got one in the championship, and I think in League One I've got zero. Just looking at it, I think you boys both got two, because you've both backed Alwa um, and Muzzy. They've kind of maybe clicked a wee bit with a, a win over East Fife. I'm surprised at how comfortable it seemed to be for them. Yeah, um, the experience uh, signings um, 
coming through there, Salmon and, and Boyd. Although Boyd's still got plenty of years in him, but he's, he's got a bit of top level experience. Just quickly, I was not having Aloha Twitter that had put feed the fish and he'll score as Salmon poked one in from about two yards out. I was like, enjoy that while he scored it. Like, that might be the, the highlight of the season, to be fair. Uh, yeah, um, I was waiting for a lip like a Salmon as well, but... Um, Don't yeah, give him ideas, to be fair. Yeah, it's just that's just... His name, they're lucky his name just happens to be sound like a fish Any uh, for that for that one. But um I I like their, their I quite like their back three, the look of it on, on the shape, didn't it? Darren and Graham and, and Mendy and David Hutton and Goals. Um good good uh, experience out the team. King's a good signing as well. And um that might just be a case Salah of just needing to gel, get games together. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Barry Ferguson's not gonna settle for you know, too many, too many um, mistakes, too many errors, and uh, drop points. And so I, put it, I, I put it on our Twitter as well. Um, Kyle Connell's a good bit of business for his five. Eh? That's an area that we'd identified as being potentially a weakness for his five. Maybe not replacing Hamilton then Austin. I snuck up on me that one. Um, uh, they needed a striker, and uh, I thought the first place he would he would go if he was available for loan would be back to Airdrie. Um, but um, very good signing by his Fife, very much needed because mm-hmm. that was after uh, McGuigan uh, his kind of turnaround and then I think Wallace has taken some time out of football as well uh, so, yeah. uh, at the moment so yeah striker was a priority um, I'm surprised he's not playing a wee bit more at Kelly James but we spoke about in the championship when maybe Ennis Cameron's nudged him out and obviously Robinson and potentially another coming in he's, he's just went out to get games yeah Pretty much. Um, and I think potentially, tried... sorry enough, there's potentially like we spoke about with Levy. Hey, Tommy Wright's maybe wanting him going part time so he can still train with Kelly through the day and Tommy Wright can get a good look at him um, as opposed to him going to urge you and maybe being in there full time, for example. Aye, and I think that's, that's almost the way to do it. I think there's a team that will be competitive as and essential as well because it's all very good going to want to get experience of a team that's battling and you do want to send players to teams that are, are quite low down to get the experience of the relegation of that. But if you're a team with eyes of getting promoted yourself or you're a team who aspires to be higher up, then you don't want to send a player out who's just going to get dogged about for 90 minutes. You want a competitive team where mm-hmm. you'll still play and you'll be surrounded by good players, maybe not great players, who you need to take a, uh, take a back seat <clears throat> if you're pushing massively for promotion and you go with the old reliable people that you know are going to get your goals or get your assists, you know, a team that's competitive is basically where you want to go. And I think that's been on show, to be fair. And Muzz, you mentioned uh, Clyde there. So just kind of reading through the stats, 2-0 down. They've got Jones scored 88, Cuddehy sent off 89, Love scores 90 plus one to bring it back to two each. Great result for them. Yeah, um, I don't know where they pulled that from. I, I, I had it 90 plus four. Oh, uh, on live score when I, when I was looking at it coming in and so I believe it was pretty much last kick of the game yeah. very unlike Montrose uh, to switch off uh, at that stage of the game again after after the, the, the red card as well um, mm-hmm. is it a bit of a, a ranger situation where they've although they, I mean it, the red card was 89 minutes so they didn't even really have time to uh, like take their eye off the ball sit back or, or you know what I mean so uh, pass uh, you know what I mean it's just a good point for Clyde 
Danny Lennon will be sat with Sagara, he subbed on Love and Jones, and both of them scored. It's one of them as a manager where you're just absolutely delighted with yourself. Uh, um, and then talking to drop points, James, I know somebody that had a wee gamble at the weekend and it, it took uh, Airdrie and it also took, I think it was Stenny in League Two, and both of those teams kind of chundered up their league, uh, their lead, sorry, late in the game. With Airdrie, though, they were they were the opposite of Clyde. They went down to 10 men. Um, but disappointing for them, isn't it? I would think so. And it seems to just be a, a quick sort of lapse or a quick, you know, a quick, uh, quick fair doubles from Dumbarton. So you wonder if, if it's been total control or, again, just when we were talking at the start, it's a week where, you know, anyone can take anything off anyone. So if you're off it for sort of five, six, seven minutes, I think it actually is here, um, then, you know, that can be the, the difference between going away with a win and, <clears throat> you know, take just walking away with one point. But again, looking across the full every team as well, it seems like there's been a fair uh, fair few yellow cards picked up. So how, how, it must have been it must have been a bit of a game. I've not been able to speak from experience having seen it, but not what you'd expect from a Dumbarton Airdrie battle, no. was it? How how attacking was that Airdrie team, James, looking at it? Like you've said looking at a the team, they've got the likes of Dylan Easton, Adam Frizzle. Gallica, Callum Smith, Gabby McGill, that's five players you'd probably consider strikers or attacking midfielders. I'm surprised. See, at 2-0, when they go down to 10 men, that he's not brought on the likes of Scott Agnew or uh, Dean Ritchie, who can maybe just sit in the midfield and give him a wee bit of balance and look after the ball. He's still kept a lot of attacking players on the pitch at 2-0 up, but down to 10. wonder as well, or certainly I do, how much dig does that midfield have? Uh, like Easton... Very nice player, Frizzle, quite small. Like, mm-hmm. like you say, you wonder why not with the, the experience and the players on the bench. Yeah. Why not make some of those changes earlier? Why not, you know, make some different well, changes? Richie and Agnew didn't even show yourself. Up. So you, you wonder if Agnew's got a knock because you'd as a, he's a system manager as well. You'd want his ex, even at eighty minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, at, 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 um, when when uh, the sort of pulled one back. You're thinking, right, 10 minutes to go. Agnew gets it on, just sit in front of the back row and calm everyone down. But he's brought on McGill and then Jordan Allen. And we, we spoke, I think, last week as well about some changes just to like break up the flow of the games. But like, yeah. nothing does me more than when you see 80 and then 87 because, you know, that's just the complete flow. And you don't know if what's going on in the pitch, you don't know if folks' mm-hmm. heads have what gone or you don't know who, what's been said or, you know, who's doing what. But it's, there's some sort of game management that needs to go on where you begin to manage the, especially at that late point of the game as well. We just need to see out the last ten minutes. And and Maza, so other... like yeah, just wonder what, what's going on and why. Like you say, you haven't put on some of your more experienced mm-hmm. players. And Maza, at the other end of the scale, it looked to be. I think you were there, weren't you? Relatively straightforward for Falkirk against uh, Peter Head at home. Yeah, Tell us otherwise if it wasn't the case, but it seemed to be. I saw their goal. Was it 15 passes before McGuffey's goal or something? Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, and then it was McGuffey arriving on the end of uh, the other winger, um, Cal Morrison's cross. Um, so I Is he doing this of, bit playing centrally? Eh? He played, yeah, he played a sort of number 10 role but, for them and he played, he started uh, central as well against Cove and um, He's been really impressive those two games. Like really, uh, his, his level can't hide in there. Eh? Maybe he's maybe Aye. in the past been guilty when he's played wide, drifting in and out of games. His level of sort of interplay between the midfield and and strikers was really really 
good qualities. Maybe just having dropped down, um, having dropped down mm. a, a league, and maybe the, the standard is a slight notch down. He's found a level where he can really stand out, um, or he's just maybe just he just has adapted to playing centrally rather than rather than out in He'll the wing. He'll be enjoying a flat surface. He was liking to come like deep and get on the ball. Sorry. He'll be he'll be enjoying a flat surface as opposed to Capolo. He's a ball player, isn't he? Well, it was hard for. I remember we watched a couple of games. I think last season, James, you commented on it. Like at that Capolo pitch, he cannot. He can't mm. play football in it. So boys like Nisbet and that they'll like going down to the Falkirk Stadium, albeit it's plastic, but. At least you can pass the ball ten yards. Yeah, definitely. Like um, I think style is a is a factor as well. Mm-hmm. He uh, he's you know he's at Morton playing playing in quite a direct style under Hopkin and and to an extent uh, Gus McPherson. Mm-hmm. But it's maybe more a case of him coming to Falkirk and the other players playing around him as as, as much as him trying to adapt to a style because he's got Telfer with it alongside him. He's got Hetherington, uh, Morrison, McGuffey, like quick. Uh, quick technical footballers mm-hmm. and you know talking about you were saying how Airdrie seemed to play a lot of attacking players um, they had Telford deep along with Hetherington um, uh, along with Morrison uh, Nesbitt, McGuffey and Keena as a kind of front four so it's it's a lot of attacking players um, Was it just too much for Peterhead on the day? I just couldn't live with them I basically, Or was it 2-1 just... game or should Falkland, was it more comfortable? More comfortable. Um, Peterhead, I just showed, I think it just the only thing it shows Falkirk are still capable of switching off mm-hmm. um, defensively, like at Cove as well, um, where they, they dominated a lot of possession against Cove and played a lot of the better stuff and looked more dangerous. And Mar- Morrison's just looked like every time he's getting the ball right now, something's like something's going to happen. He started last um, season like that, though, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, maybe went off the boil a wee bit, but. Um, I think they're, they're playing a, a style they're playing, passing out from the back and trying to get the ball up to likes of him as quick as possible on the deck so um, they're looking, I think they're looking good um, but you know Airdrie's a test because Airdrie beat them I think twice last season mm-hmm. um, both, at, both at the Falkirk Stadium so uh, we're going well, to how do you see that one going Must while we're on it um, just before we, we get into the predictions and stuff so like you say, it's obviously at Airdrie, isn't it? Um, and, mm-hmm. and they're hosting Falkirk. How do you see that one going? I, I don't know. It's hard to predict. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Airdrie um, won that because they seem to go from from sort of a feast to a famine um, kind of thing on a week to week basis. They they tend to be quite inconsistent, uh, but when they're on it, they're um, they can definitely beat anyone in the league. Um, there's nothing to suggest from what I've seen of Falkirk these first two games, though, that they're going to, uh, they're going to have, a, you know, a problem creating chances. So um, it could be a high-scoring affair. Uh, but if you ask me to pick a winner, I, I would have to be a bit boring and, and go down the, the route of a draw. I'm going to go for a draw as well because Airdrie don't go to to like lose two in the bounce in that league very often, do they? So no, I can't no. see them. I can't see them losing another one um, in a row. James, other game was Queen's Park against um, Cove Rangers. Like Muzz said, nil-nil game. Five gets himself sent off for Cove. Queen's Park going kind of relatively comfortable. Um, two-nil winners. You had Queen's Park second in your prediction, so you'll be delighted that there's much to win and they're up and running. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, a game, though, that... Well, I had Cove top, so 
Aye, true. Aye, so it's good and Not much, but I think aye. overall it's a game that once we saw the season start and, and having heard, obviously, from, I think it was Dave that I think Muds yeah. was talking to, um, having heard a lot of what he'd said, I went looking to see what some more like fan reaction had been in. Just a general consensus that, you know, there are two teams that have got some good players, but they just seem to gel a lot better at Queen's Park currently than they are at Cove. And Could that be because of full-time, do you think? Yeah, and I think some of the difference, like I went, again, some stats I went and found was that based so far, obviously, on just the two games we've played, or the, the games at the start of the season, looks like Queen's Park have taken 30 shots compared to Cove Rangers 12. Shots on target, you're looking at Queen's Park at 14, Cove Rangers 4. So I don't know if the, the full-time training, which... Uh, build up to this sort of um, attacking play and you can work on a lot more whereas Cove maybe don't meet it but mm-hmm. there's something going on in, in that sort of style of football and in that sort of manner that, that doesn't seem to be working for Cove uh, potentially as well as it should be so yeah um, well deserved for Queen's Park I think as well looking at Murray's record it seems like he's coming on and is, uh, is finally like time. they'll be happy to have him back but yeah, it's a, a rough a rough ride so far for Cove. Better goal scorer than a better goal scorer than a plumber anyway. So we yeah. That's one for our, uh, our older listeners. Not our older listeners, or people that have been listening for longer. Do you think there's much behind the Morgan Neal being taken off for Anderson? That was after 76 minutes and they were they were 2 0 down already, but is it a, do you think it's Hartley just going, Oh well, we've lost this game, we need to give Anderson a bit of I, I don't know. Actually, I saw that because I saw Draper didn't play either. Obviously, that's injury. He's not even been on the bench, is he? But that's a concern for them if he's getting injured already. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe like Dave or whoever, if there's any Cove fans there, or even Queens Park fans, could let us know. Did it look to be an, an injury? But I always say to James, uh, I think it was James I seen a couple of days ago. Um, if I got subbed off during a game at that stage or early, I'd be putting a limp on as I was coming off, regardless of if. I was injured or not, to be fair. So it's maybe been tactical, but Morgan Neal's made it look like a, a well, you'd, you'd think it'd be tactical if, it's, if it was like a centre-half for a midfielder, but just because it's late for late. Uh, but I haven't, to be fair, I haven't looked, and it could have, could well have been an injury. Well, any Cove uh, fans, please let us know how, what your thoughts yeah. on that were. James, so you're top of the... you predicted champions, Cove. Uh, speaking about them there, home East Fife, and they picking up their first win. I think this might be the game for it, to be fair. I'm, um, I'm agreeing with that. I'm not convinced by East Fife. Massively by... That they can't... Sorry, that's an absolute nightmare of a sentence. I'm not convinced that East Fife have either got the attacking prowess to beat them considerably or to score enough goals that they will beat them. And I'm also, at the other end, not convinced that they can do enough to keep them out. So I think, comparison-wise, you're looking at, at Cove being the... The team go there and win. Well, well just, you just take us for the rest of your predictions since you're here. Airdrie Falkirk, me and Muzz have both gone a, a draw. How do you see that one going? See, well, well, you were going through it. I had in my head that I, this is going to be a straight Falkirk win, but then as you were explaining your reasons, I was like, this is also going to be a straightforward Airdrie win. So I'm going to push the boat out and just back both years and say it's a draw. Clyde at home to Alloa. I think this could be another Alloa win, even though I'm not predicting them very high. I'm saying that as well. Montrose, Peterhead. Um, Montrose for me, then that one. And Queen's Park, your lads against Dumbarton. Could be high scoring as well. Uh, I think we've got to go Queen's Park there. 
Well, we've got all five the same. Anka, just after your predictions last week, you got a three in the championship and a two in the league one. I'm just right on your bandwagon this week. Plus, we know we know you're back in here, Jay. Probably to be a draw. Clyde Alwa. Yeah, Alwa for me. Cove East Fife. Uh, Cove. Montrose Peterhead. I'm going to be rogue and go 2-1 Peterhead, something like that. I think Cove need to bounce back after that result, but you're entitled to your opinion. Queen's Park Dumbarton. Uh, Queen's Park. I'm surprised you like him. He's never on Dumbarton now and again, don't yeah, you? Yeah, again, it's I just can't rule them out. Um, but I think Queen's Park um, kind of looking looking okay so far. It's better Explain than your Peter Head was before we wrap up. What's that? Explain your Peter Head show. You've got what, uh, 60 seconds start from now to convince us why Peter Head are going to uh, emerge victorious against Montrose. Uh, well, you, we didn't predict them to beat Alloa, and they did that. Uh, they weren't. Let's not bring out. up our bad predictions. In there. <laughs> they were quite out of the. They were quite out of the, the Falkirk game, but they stuck in. Uh, got a goal back. Montrose proved that they can take their eye off the ball as well. If Clyde can go there, salvage a two-all draw. Uh, Peterhead can definitely go there, compete, and uh, Russell McLean coming back to Montrose. Um, I was going to say to show why they shouldn't let him go, but I think he left mutually. So I feel at home there, you know. James, is he convinced like that he's sticking with Montrose? I'm thinking Montrose, but I like it. I like the reason. Okay, so that rounds up. Thank you very much for watching. As we always say, if you could like the video and subscribe to the channel, that would help us massively. Um, we'll be back next week, seeing how many of these predictions were correct, and also previewing the games coming up for the following weekend. Let us know your predictions in the comments. Any Cove fans on the Morgan Neal situation? Are we making a mountain out of Mohill? Then let us know in the comments or on Twitter at Turnstiles there. Thanks very much for watching. See you soon. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.